Hey guys, welcome or welcome back to another episode of Heike Adulting. I am your host, Jada Jones. Thank you so much for joining me today. Welcome all of you new listeners, people who have been here for the long haul. Um, before we get into anything, I just wanted to say thank you guys so much for all the support on my recent Instagram post. It was my first like feed post in a few months now, but I wanted to do an inspiring TSW-related shoot because I feel like any conditions shouldn't be the reason why you choose not to do something for your future. And for me, I miss photo shoots. I miss creating and I just wanted to do a little something um, in honor of me being back. I don't know. Maybe that sounds uh, self-absorbed. I don't care. Um, I deserve to feel great in my body. Today, we have the wonderful Grace Weather. She's like one of the first few friends that I met here in LA. She is the kindest soul and she has the most like inspiring crazy resilient story you guys are going to love it so so much but yeah i guess i'll just go ahead and give you guys a couple of updates before we jump into the episode first update i am finally back home in north carolina i got back home a few days ago three or four days ago i am just trying to rest my body is completely like knocked out from the last week of me being in la i'm still just trying to recover the whole week has just been me being in pain my hands can't move my face is just flaring up still like my whole body is just trying to adjust now to this freezing cold weather here in North Carolina yeah it's it's not going too well so I'm just trying to give my body the grace (laughs) grace weather um giving my body the grace to just uh do what it needs to do rest I have a lot of work endeavors and things that I want to do while I'm back home but honestly listening to my body should be my number one priority. So I'm really going to do that first, prioritize all work later. I have officially moved out of the LA apartment. Uh, It was a very, very sad moment to come to terms with because everything was just moving so fast. So I don't think that I got to really say goodbye in the way that I wanted to, but everything needed to happen so quickly. Boxes needed to be packed. It was so difficult to pack because my hands were just hurting so bad and my body was just like being pushed beyond the means that it could even go so yeah I don't even know how that happened I don't even know how but I've I've vlogged I managed to vlog I don't know when that's gonna be out but I really do want to post a YouTube video this Friday so let's cross our fingers that that can happen but again just listening to my body making sure that I'm rested fed all the things um and that my body's taken care of thank you guys so much for just understanding that there might be some weeks that i just cannot upload a podcast that i just cannot upload a youtube video it's just you guys know how it is with this condition a lot of you guys are also asking if i'm staying in charlotte for a long long time or did i move back a lot of people are confused um i am planning on going back to la in the new year hopefully around february i just wanted long extended time here back home with chris and with my family i'm just going to use this as a like a hibernation period because body needs to rest A lot of you guys want to start a book club. I mentioned something on my Instagram story about um, gathering a group of people if we want to read a book together and hopefully do like a weekly Zoom call to like talk about it or something. I feel like that'll be really, really fun and it's going to bring us together in a way that I haven't really done before. I, I used to do Patreon like a long time ago, so I used to do like group Zoom calls with you guys all the time and I used to live stream all the time, but... I haven't been able to do that as of these past couple months, so I just want that sense of community back again, and there's so many new faces of you guys 
So I want to bring us together in some way. So if you guys are down for a book club, definitely follow me on Instagram at Jada Jones with three S's. I am hopefully going to pick a book by the end of the week, announce that by the end of the week, and hopefully we can start reading that going into the new year. I think that's all the updates. I don't want to make this update way too long. Stay happy, stay healthy, stay fed, all the things. And yeah, I will talk to you guys in next week's episode. Bye. Hey guys, welcome or welcome back to another episode of Heike Adulting. Today I am joined with one of my first good, good friends here in LA, Ms. Grace Weather. Welcome to the podcast. Hello, thank you for having me. I'm so excited. This has been a long time in the making. I've been wanting to have you on for like the past year, but just never found time. And then I started TSW and then I just was scheduling my guests and I was like, I still haven't had Ms. Grace on, like we need to get her on. So she's here today to talk about all things healing journeys, because if anyone knows grace has had one of the most resilient (laughs) stories ever and i'm so excited for you guys to finally meet her and be introduced to her and all the things that she does so let's give a warm welcome to miss grace go ahead and introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about you thank you Uh, i'm i'm excited to be here as well as jada said it's it's been a while in the making but we're here I am Grace Weather, as she mentioned. I am a 21-year-old who lives in Los Angeles working in the film industry. And as she mentioned, my my journey to get here had a lot of different ups and downs, I guess you would call them. Uh, So I'm from Minnesota originally, and when I was 13 years old, I started getting really sick and tired, and no one could figure out why. Mm. And I went to dozens of different doctors, I met with doctors all over the country, and no one could figure out what was wrong, they just knew that my blood count was really far off, my Mm. red and white blood cells were not cooperating how they should have. Um, and those levels originally landed me in the hematology and oncology department, which is like mm. the blood and cancers unit, uh, even though I didn't have any yeah. leukemia, but right. I had all of these markers for leukemia and no one could figure out why. So I was a patient there for about six months and did hundreds of different tests before it was January 9th of 2015 mm. when they did an MRI just to check it off the list and they discovered a mass in the pons of my brain mm. and I was diagnosed with a brain tumor that day. And I was told that tumors in this area of the brain usually are not very good. Uh, They grow usually very quickly, and they have about an 8% chance of survival for six months. And I (sighs) was told that there was nowhere on earth that would be able to treat me. It doesn't work. Chemotherapy and radiation don't work. Surgery isn't an option because of location in the brain. And there just wasn't really many trials available at the Mm -hmm. time. So I was sent home, uh, told there was no next steps, and just to live life and they would come back and check it in a couple months just to kind of look at where it was but that there really wasn't anywhere to go from there right um and at that time i was passing out multiple times a day i was having seizures i was having bloody noses and i was waking up like there's blood coming out of my Mm. eyes like it was it was like not very good Mm. and i was i was told to drink gatorade because my (laughs) blood sugar was really (laughs) that'll fix it and my mother is like total like health yogi and she's like (laughs) we don't drink gatorade in our house so my one my one option was out the window but yeah so it was just it was kind of one of those moments where they were told hey you have this thing um you have a limited amount of time most likely and there's not really anything we can Mm. do so I kind of was faced with this decision to stay in the hospital and kind of live this sick life or to make the decision to leave mm-hmm. and go live the life that I, I wanted to live if I did have a limited amount of time. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of how my journey to L.A. 
began was with this moment of having to make that decision yeah. of have stay or go. Oh my gosh. And I went. I'm so, but yes, that story just, <laughs> like, it just gives me chills because it's like, I mean, I couldn't even, like, imagine being 13 and being told that to your face that, like, basically, like, nothing's gonna work, you know? Yeah. And, like, here you are sitting today fighting, mm-hmm. like, literally, she's Miss, like, USA, come on, like, freaking going to the White House and speaking about this and trying to uh, create change for for this condition. Like, mm-hmm. it, it's really, really freaking cool. And, like, you inspire so many people and I'm just, like especially because I don't know everyone knows what I'm going through now too and it's like seeing people who have other chronic illnesses or things that they're struggling with and still being able to pursue your dreams like it's just it's just wonderful and there's so many people doing it and like it just goes to show that like it doesn't have to take like a chronic illness I talked about this with my friend Miranda on the other podcast because she also she's going through um, breast cancer she's currently in remission but still like um just going through this and still pursuing your dreams like it is so possible and it doesn't have to take a chronic illness for that to like be the thing that like gets you to go start going but like still inspirational to hear yeah Yeah. I I always say and I think it was a big part of it for me and I think a lot of people have these moments in their lives it's especially with illness is you're kind of stripped back of all these other things that we think are required Mm -hmm. or necessary in our lives I was a very scheduled like kid I was in a ton of sports and I thought I had to be at this place Monday this place Tuesday Mm -hmm. and it was every single minute of the day was scheduled and we took it so seriously and it's like it's a we did too (laughs) it's it's a third grade dance team like it's not it's not that it's not that special you know (laughs) and so and so having that moment where all the things that I thought I needed to do were stripped kind of back I was the ego kind of goes away for a moment and you're left with like just your soul is what we're gonna say and so those decisions and those ability to make those like dramatic changes I think come a lot easier when you have an illness yeah but I think that I always say that it doesn't have to be as extreme as a brain tumor but I my story can be an example of that extreme Mm -hmm. but I think having those moments you know it's it's divorce Mm -hmm. it's loss of a family member it's breakups it's it's any of those moments where you're stretched back of your daily life and you have to kind of like reevaluate where do I want to be and what have I really wanted Mm -hmm. that reevaluation is something that I try to always repeatedly do over yeah. and over because mm-hmm. we get set on these like paths of like routines. I have to that's do what this, I was just about to say routines. yeah so I think illness just allows you to strip back that routine and see what should I really be doing yeah it's almost putting like this this glasses filter on your life and being <laughs> like what do I actually want to focus on now because I mean there's only so much you're left with when you're like honestly people preach it all day long it's like health is so important like it's the most important thing and it's yeah. like did not know the extent of that until you start going through something and like even still advocating to pursue your dreams it's like that's it's crazy how it's like that's the thing that almost pushes you to keep going or like the people in your Mm -hmm. life and all that stuff versus just like work or the things that we think that are important or the things that you you deem important until they're like not anymore you know Mm -hmm. and then you put everything into perspective and it's just like I have so much more clarity now, you know, and yeah. I, I I would assume that you felt the same because, you know, you ended up going to LA. So, mm-hmm. so, okay, wait, so all of this is in Minnesota. <laughs> yes. And then at, was it at 13 still, like you were like, let's just move to LA and yeah. to get it started. So like, that's, that's huge. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. So did you, did you like stop school and like all that stuff? And yeah. You, Cause like, yeah, stop there's no school. point yeah. in like yeah. doing anything, obviously. We, ha- except for, we had to, you yeah. know, it just, I couldn't, I, I always knew I was going to move to LA 
I, mm-hmm. I we always thought it was going to be after high school and then somewhere I got that idea in my brain that it was going to be after eighth grade I was going to make my whole family move it's like well, that's, okay um and then I ended up actually it ended sooner than that yeah. um yeah so I, I finished seventh grade oh my and then goodness. in eighth grade I I started online school that's and so we moved cool. out here we had a apartment that we rented over the phone yeah. don't recommend doing that <laughs> yikes um and my mom and I it's just me and her we would we come out on the weekends because she still worked in Minnesota she's mm-hmm. a lawyer so she's mm-hmm. she's licensed in minnesota oh, so we had yeah. to go back and forth um and we she sacrificed everything mm-hmm. to to get me out here and then I, when i was older i, I came up by myself older I, w- mm-hmm. I was 17 16. oh yeah you came back and forth yeah like, a i moved lot. out yeah. here then mm-hmm. by myself when i was 17 16 oh, so. oh my goodness yeah. yeah and so then you just dived into like everything like what i know you had the spark for for fashion and mm-hmm. like that's kind of what kept you going too it's like you want to find your personal style and all these things, you know, yeah. and that that level of exploration. It must have been so fun, like, because <laughs> yeah. it's just like, well, basically, fuck it. Like, in the movie, you gotta yeah. live life, you know? Yeah, so, think, yeah, talk about that. I think fashion was kind of what, what started me in the entertainment industry because mm-hmm. that's kind of where those beginning opportunities came from. Mm-hmm. But for me, I always say that clothing was a big part of my healing mm-hmm. journey, as weird as it sounds. Uh, because I didn't have like traditional medicine to turn to. I was looking for what are those other things that can help me heal and help me feel like myself Mm -hmm. again. Um, And one of those things was clothes. So no matter how sick I was or how gross I felt, Mm -hmm. I would always get up and go to my closet and and put on an outfit (laughs) that just like made me feel like my my future self. And I would go walk outside in these ridiculous outfits. I was like 14. (laughs) I was like, I'm the coolest person who ever existed. And I wear like six inch heels walking down the street to the grocery store. But for me, that made me feel closer to like myself Mm -hmm. in a way. And so doing that, I, I actually ended up getting scouted by Teen Vogue to be a Teen Vogue it girl. So that's okay. So that's where it started. Was that the, like that the big first like started. brand that Yeah, yeah. Did Teen the thing. Vogue okay. took me yeah. on when I was I think I was I was almost I was newly 14 when that mm-hmm. happened. Um and so that was how I kind of started traveling the world and I started going to Fashion Week a mm-hmm. lot and modeling. I opened near Fashion Week that fall then yeah. when I was 14. Um which was just like crazy. crazy. Like it was it was so out of the blue, but I think it was because I just I wasn't scared to, like, ask mm-hmm. for yeah. things no. or just go places. I, yes. I just showed up yes. at all these places that I, I did. <laughs> like, yeah, you why didn't, quote-unquote, belong yeah, in. Like, yeah, I just show up at these events that I had no business being at. But because I showed up, I would talk to people, and mm. it would just get me in those rooms yeah. even more. They're like, that girl, she's here again. <laughs> like, yeah, I am. Um, but, yeah, that was kind of, like, how my mm-hmm. love of fashion and my first kind of taste of entertainment mm-hmm. started. And I learned that the fashion industry was not necessarily – helpful to my my healing Mm, journey so I kind of over time stepped Mm. back from that but that was really where I learned the art of production and photography Mm -hmm. and creating worlds Mm -hmm. that was really my first taste of seeing you know I loved watching designers create collections I can't sew I've tried (laughs) um but watching them have this concept in their mind and then create it into this Mm -hmm. whole show that has you know worlds of music and feelings and garments and hair and makeup like it was incredible for me and that was the first time I realized an idea could be turned Mm -hmm. into a reality yeah and that was what really made me fall in love with film and film was a way to capture that Mm -hmm. infinitely and forever and that was really special to me the idea that it would stay forever and we could watch these stories hundreds of years from now and so that was 
then how I made that kind of transition from fashion, realizing that worlds could mm. be created into film where worlds are recorded. So, oh my gosh. Yeah, that's how I, I ended love up that. Into, into the film world. Yeah. Oh my gosh. No, I, I actually didn't know that. So that's that's so cool to see that like seamless transition that happened just through creative exploration. Yeah. Like it's so nice. I just always had ideas. Yeah. And I just, <laughs> always, I just always had ideas as a kid too. It was, I always wanted to be an entertainment before so I got nice. sick. Yeah. So um, just always having those ideas and feeling like I couldn't, express them fully Mm. or I couldn't translate them like other people couldn't see Mm. what I was trying to explain I was like well then I have to learn how to do it explain them and Mm -hmm. get them out of my brain myself so my whole life is like a constant journey to be able to express these like dreams and Mm -hmm. ideas and visions in my head into the real world as close as possible which is a hard thing to it's hard but once you get into practice that stuff starts to become really natural like it's not always easy because you're always trying to find like and especially when it becomes like let's be perfect let's try and make the exact thing that I have in mind and like you know and if it's not that let's just not move on it Uh, but it's like but if anything like having that that space to just creatively be able to just be like let's throw spaghetti on the wall and see what sticks like you just wanted to find anything Mm -hmm. that sticks and like you're in every single department of everything so it's like (laughs) I I had to yeah you yeah do everything yeah and it's like I feel like that's so nice because like I think so many people are just so scared to take these like small actionable steps, but that's all that's really between you and your goals. Like it's these small actionable steps that are able to manifest an idea into reality. Like I think people think that like, I guess manifestation or whatever, like (laughs) it's getting so oversaturated. So like, I try not to really talk about like manifestation on the podcast because it's like, I don't know. I don't view it the same way as I did, like even six months ago, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think that like now, it's as simple as being like the night before I'm going to have a bowl of cereal for breakfast. Mm -hmm. And then in the morning when you actually do that, that thought that you had turned into a reality. And I think that some people just think that it's just so hard to start getting anywhere on your dreams. And it's like, I don't know what to do. I'm only so young. And it's like, or I'm only so old. Like, I don't think Mm -hmm. I can start acting or whatever you want to do. And I'm like, no, you definitely can. And what you talking about putting yourself into places where you just didn't feel like you belong. That was me. I would just walk into random things, talk to people, send random emails. Like, like, honestly, I used to have this goal where I was just sending like 10 random emails to people every single week. I'm telling you that shit goes very far. (laughs) Like it does. It works so well. Because you're just, you're opening yourself to circles that didn't exist in your own life. So Mm -hmm. it's like the way that you just continue to expand and grow and grow and grow. Like it only takes a message. It only takes a, yeah, it it does. Like, and you definitely probably felt that. So after like, talk about kind of that, that journey after Teen Vogue. Okay. Oh, well it started with Teen Vogue, but Mm -hmm. like social media wasn't really like that big at that point I think I had social media so yeah so like how did that happen like were you starting to do some like press about like the stuff or like Mm -hmm. is that how they discovered you or like what kind of happened I don't even know see that's the thing that's (laughs) the thing that's the thing is everything snowballs so quickly Mm -hmm. and that's that's really what it was is it Mm -hmm. was just constantly knowing where I wanted to be Mm -hmm. and then taking every single step towards that or like connecting Mm -hmm. myself with that like that goal as close as possible And I did that with like 10 or 15 different things all at the mm-hmm. same time. That's the thing. Because so when you, over, when you <laughs> yeah. ever focus on like one thing, mm-hmm. I think a lot of resistance is born. And I've <laughs> learned to try to not do that. Mm-hmm. Like when I'm not solely obsessed with one thing, I it usually turns out better for mm-hmm. me. Uh, but yeah, it was. I just was so sure of the brands that I wanted to work with and the places I wanted to be. that it was like I was, I know you know, what's I was between, showing up yeah. to every event mm-hmm. that they hosted and I was emailing them all the time and I was Mm -hmm. tagging them in 
things on Instagram. Yeah. Like, I was just so clear about that. And I remember mm. I was I was always like that, even when I was a kid. And so that's why I'm so glad that I always wrote those things down because yeah. that has changed my life now looking back mm. at them. Like, anytime I feel discouraged about, like, because now this is the thing, is now we're stepping into, like, these huge things, mm-hmm. you know? Like, yeah. I, I'm working on such a big scale now that it's mm-hmm. it's things take a long yeah. time. I mean, being a director <laughs> and owning a production company it's like to make a movie takes a long time and so then when I get discouraged about that anytime because it's hard every single Mm -hmm. day you know I look back at like my journals from when I was 10 years old and I did like the Oscars at the Academy last year and the dress I wore I designed when I was 10 years old yeah I was had this giant notebook when I was 10 and I just drew this dress and it literally just said Oscars Grace's dress on it (laughs) and then 10 years later I was wearing the dress that's and ridiculous. It, i think that's oh like my, my example of manifestation mm-hmm. is it's not this like crazy magical thing that's it's, out of yeah. your reach yeah. it's like it's just being so clear about what you want that's what it is that your goals mm-hmm. are just your steps can be very specific yeah. so i knew that my and i wasn't even conscious that that was mm-hmm. my end goal it was more like i looked back and i was like oh i just mm-hmm. was always being drawn in this direction yeah. and it, it worked no know? that's that's so important talking about the specificity of like just the idea that you had in your brain i think sometimes yeah. we can get too vague because we're too scared to be too specific so it's mm-hmm. it's kind of no, this you like were, you were middle here ground. to be specific yeah you are and that's yeah. what i that mm-hmm. was a big lesson for me too you know being a really young director i i worked on this one movie and i walked in and the guys in the sound department had just gotten off of Once Upon a Time in Hollywood the day oh before. My gosh. <laughs> and I'm I'm a Tarantino studier. Stan. So we I had the just, same birthday. So. Yeah. Oh there you go. Yeah. <laughs> so I had been following the production of Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. And so the mm. fact that they were coming to my set the day after they finished his set That's was amazing. very like nerve wracking for me. <laughs> and I, I felt like I was walking in to like learn a lot from them, which mm. is true. I love studying like other people on set and kind of seeing their routine and their rhythm be coming from other sets because mm. I knew they had the rhythm of Tarantino's set. Yeah. And so watching them, but then I realized like I'm there, I'm paid to have an opinion. Mm. And so I realized being wishy-washy and like not having not, a clear yeah. opinion mm-hmm. was actually making it harder, harder. for them. Because yeah. I was kind of like, oh, like whatever you think is mm-hmm. best. And it's like, I knew the answer. Mm-hmm. I knew what I thought was best. And so then by like day two I was like I gotta get it together and so by day two I'm screaming like MOS on this take Mm -hmm. like I was like so into it and I just realized that it made everyone's job easier so much easier by having that opinion and stating that because that's why we're there Mm -hmm. I think actors too I mean being an actor walking into like doing a scene in like a class for the first time or Mm -hmm. walking into a table read it's really scary sometimes to have a a choice to make Mm -hmm. a definitive choice because you it's scary to potentially be wrong Mm -hmm. and it feels a lot easier to be Mm wishy-washy in scripts i do this all the time Uh too i'm like oh well we don't really Really know know. (laughs) yeah and i'm like no i know exactly what what i'm thinking thinking." because yeah write Mm -hmm. that down and i've just i reread a script i wrote like a couple years ago and i just realized all of the opinions of the characters on paper from an outside perspective were Mm -hmm. were Mm wishy-washy it was like oh well we don't really know how (laughs) this is gonna go and it's like we do we do we do do. Mm -hmm. make that definitive choice make that character mean make that character Mm -hmm. smart make that character confident like make those choices Mm because you know what they are in your head and i know it's scary to put it down on paper or do it in person because it it can 
sometimes you're like yeah. sometimes you're wrong sometimes mm-hmm. you make a mistake well then you fix but then, it oh well later. yeah like it's mm-hmm. it's fine you and can't I, be scared of failure like no. in this world and i think when you're forced to just like quote unquote live your life in the way that you were told yeah. to live your life <laughs> there's just not really any fucks that you can give anymore like you're <laughs> at a point where you just you you do what you want to do because you know that like this is your life and i yeah. think like you said like there are these moments in our lives where we get these like light bulb moments whether if it is through our own like big events small events whatever like meaningful things that spark this like change in you you know you know the feeling we're talking about like it's just this innate feeling that just like you feel like a shift in your your whole world and Mm -hmm. it's like you question everything but yet you're so ready to just like go in any direction and sometimes like being in that moment it's like it's almost like a purgatory type thing. You're like, where do I go after this? <laughs> like, yeah. I don't really know, you know? But once you, like, specify the goals that you have, like, I see so many people commenting, like, I want to be an actor. I want to be a director. I just don't know where to start. And it's like, okay, well, what kind of director do you want to be? Like, what, what, There's a lot you, of studying you know, like, and Yeah, there's a lot. Yeah, and, like, being a creative. Like, there's so many avenues that you can go down but if you're not specific on what you want to do how are you going to know where you want to go you know i think that's the biggest thing is i mean especially for the entertainment industry i've learned you have to know so much about yourself Mm -hmm. like i think a lot of times we walk into this and i do this too even as like a lot of times as an actor you're like waiting for someone else to tell you what to be Mm -hmm. and it's like yeah well no you kind of want to be the person that they rewrite the script for right you're right and like Mm -hmm. so just knowing so much about yourself and i think a lot of times like people are like you're so young like how did you get to this place Mm -hmm. so young and I don't feel young but but I understand where they're coming from because you know I've only I've only been working in this industry Mm -hmm. for like five years now yeah um and what I realized was there was years before that that was solely like studying in my room in the dark on my computer and I didn't realize that's what I was doing but I've been I've been studying this and developing my thoughts and my opinions and my likes and my dislikes since I was eight or nine years old Mm -hmm. you know with the ipad in the dark like watching short films and you know watching editing videos and like messing around in iMovie Mm -hmm. since i was not you know people are like you're so fast at editing i'm like i've been on iMovie (laughs) since i was like a child (laughs) and so i think it's like a lot of times that idea of that research and development phase is is kind of skipped because it's not usually Mm -hmm. seen yeah um and so just recognizing that that is a really big part mm-hmm. of it is having those opinions. You know, who are your favorite actors? Right. Who are the directors you admire? Mm-hmm. What do you like about mm-hmm. them? You know, what are your favorite types of shots? You have to have opinions on all right. of those, those mm-hmm. things. So I think studying and learning yourself through, whether that's like spiritual mm-hmm. practices right. or meditation or Agreed. just self-care, which mm-hmm. is a big part of our lives. Yeah. And making sure you don't let go of the self-care yep, yeah. too because it doesn't last as long as no, you No, it does not. <laughs> um, it's upkeep. <laughs> yeah, so I think that, that silent, quiet work is a big part of all of this and the, the goal that a lot of people don't see. Yeah. And so I think that's a great place to start if you want to be in this industry, starting with that research and watching those movies mm-hmm. and reading scripts. If yeah, you want to be an actor, read scripts. Bro. Read scripts. Yeah. You, can, you can get them online, <laughs> read them, watch the movie while you read them, mm-hmm. get used to the rhythm of it, get used to the pattern. You know, those are things you all have to, you have to learn. Yeah. Um, and it's easier to learn it on your own and not in front of like a hundred people <laughs> right. on set. So mm-hmm. yeah, I think, yeah. I think that research is a really good place to start if you are in a town that's not like yeah. you can't move here okay. yet or you are really young or mm-hmm. you're older, mm-hmm. you know, any, any area, mm-hmm. I think it's, it's a good place to start internally. Yeah. Mentally. Love so. it. As far as healing journey, are there any other things that you feel like has like drastically improved your life, like in your own personal, in your own personal journey? I think for me personally, 
it was a lot about learning what helped me mm. over time, which I think is like a thing that takes a lot of it time, did, yeah. which is not <laughs> sometimes <laughs> period to learn. But, you know, for me, like we were talking about earlier, it's like there wasn't any traditional treatment for mm -hmm. me. Uh, so technically, I'm the exact same amount of sick as I was yeah. as the day I was diagnosed, mm -hmm. which is a really weird thing to think about mm -hmm. sometimes. Um, that means like I'm at the same place I was, be yeah. I was before and I don't really know kind of where this journey, I still have the tumor, it's mm -hmm. stable, but it, it is still yeah. there. Um, and so that's really weird because like over time, like the support system kind of mm -hmm. drops away and all of the resources of the hospital kind of drops yeah. away too. And so I really had to learn like the rights and the wrongs. And I learned a lot of that during my, my time in the mm -hmm. fashion industry as we talked about. And I learned like, hey, like flying around for a month and not sleeping and not <laughs> eating is not, is helping, not your helping your health. <laughs> and so though it was like glamorous and I was living the dream, it, it, it wasn't, I would go home and then I would be sick for yeah. two months after that month of travel. And mm -hmm. so learning for me personally what worked for my body and y there is a pattern y yeah you are able to recognize yes. it if you listen to it mm -hmm. i always say like write it down mm -hmm. um and so i was you know having really bad headaches and really bad seizures and for me it was like i learned oh well okay so when you're backstage in bright lights and it's really really loud mm -hmm. that that's, that's not good for you. triggering for your <laughs> headaches and for your seizures mm -hmm. okay so then what can i do well, I can be the annoying person who wears sunglasses mm -hmm. while I'm getting my hair done. <laughs> Fine. You know what? Like, sure. Yeah. Let's do it. If it makes you healthier, wear those sunglasses yes. inside. Let people think mm -hmm. that you're crazy. It's no, yeah. I will have my headphones in 24 hours a day mm -hmm. because it helps me not get a headache. Yeah. The sound is very overwhelming. Mm -hmm. It's a loud environment. Yep. Um, and knowing, I, I know how far I can push my body before mm -hmm. I'm going to crash. Yeah. And I can recognize that. And so, say like asking for mm -hmm. that time off and knowing when I need to go home, mm -hmm. it it was a really hard thing to learn. Yeah. Um, Especially in an industry that just is sometimes <laughs> unforgivable when it comes to the hours. It's I'm like, still trying how did to you learn navigate? Or yeah, how to push through? Yeah. Sometimes you have to. Yeah, you sometimes know? you do. Sometimes yeah. you have to do that fourteen-hour day, mm -hmm. and so that's when it's like separating myself, being like hey, love talking to you, but I'm going to go eat my lunch yep. in the dark yes. over there. Yep. Like, I'm not being rude. I'm just, mm -hmm. I need to go do this for me. And so a lot of times it was, you know, eating alone, turning mm -hmm. off the lights and wherever Establishing boundaries. That's what it's sounding like. Like, yeah. being really clear about the things that you know that you need for your personal body. Like, that's what I had to also really learn. Like, mm -hmm. learning those boundaries. And I think it also makes you just a more aware human and then you also are able to empathize with others who are like well you know like i had guys i have had to cancel this podcast two times <laughs> because I, your girl was just not handling herself well and like and grace understood and like it yeah. almost felt like i had to apologize but like i knew that you got it like mm -hmm. i knew that you understood and like even this morning i didn't feel that well but i was like i know that i can push through today like this yeah. is a day that i know that i can push through to record this podcast and i think that like just those little boundaries even like you were talking about your sunglasses like I was like I wore my sunglasses to a Post Malone concert like two weeks ago yeah. and Chris was like you're wearing sunglasses in the dark and I was like yeah I'm wearing sunglasses I wear sunglasses to Harry Styles that's what yeah. I'm saying like, it's like yeah. live your life you know and it's like you don't really have to explain yourself yeah. to anybody and if someone wants to ask like I think as a people pleaser person that comes from a very people pleaser background it's like I am learning so much more now to just like I don't have to explain myself like and it's not in a rude way it's just that this is me this is who I am if you want to ask yeah. questions I will answer them like I'm lit but you know but I don't have to I don't have to apologize all the time like I can I cannot I can miss a text message for two three days and like come back and we'll be good you know but it's yeah. like I think I've also learned to like weed out the energy in my life from the people who I can tell just won't match my energy right now and it's not a bad thing it's just but if you expect me to be my 100% 24-7 like I was before TSW it's like I can't do that for you right now. And if you're not okay with that, 
this might not be able to work right now. Doesn't mean you're a bad person. Doesn't mean I'm a bad person. It's just we're not compatible right now. And it's like you and I haven't seen each other for like <laughs> however while, long, yeah. but I know like we're able to pick back up and yeah. like move forward. And I think that that helps my healing journey, just knowing my mm-hmm. friends and my support system that understand my boundaries because like again, as a people pleaser, you feel like you have to be everywhere 100% of the time and you're 100%. And it's like, I can't even put on that front right now. Like I can't, like I have to do what I can do. So like, do you ever feel like you've had moments where you're like working or you're getting heavy into projects and all this stuff and you're like, I'm starting not to feel well. How am I going to like adapt, change, figure this out? Like, you know? It's so funny to hear you talk like this Mm -hmm. because we always used to joke, like, Jada was one of my first friends that didn't have a chronic illness. (laughs) No, yeah. (laughs) Because I, like, you were talking about, Mm -hmm. like, that understanding and that recognition. I personally have an invisible illness, so Mm -hmm. you can't see it. Right. Um, And so a lot of times, you know, that plays into the way that people kind of treat how much they're willing to compromise with Mm -hmm. you. Um, Like, walking down the street, I don't look like someone you think Mm -hmm. goes home and cries blood but mm-hmm. it, it happens yeah. occasionally um but it's so funny because my friend mm-hmm. group even without trying i accidentally surrounded myself with a group of people who all had all invisible illnesses things. yeah and i didn't know until later but um my best friend grace has cystic fibrosis yes. my other best friend in the set mm-hmm. has gastroparesis like yeah. it's just like a list of people mm-hmm. in my life all had kind of that yeah. understanding and whether it was illness or not they had been through some kind of event or something that mm-hmm. allowed them to have that recognition and that understanding Mm -hmm. of like hey when I need to go I need to go um and so it was just so funny like those people that just I connected with and stayed in my life Mm -hmm. for a long amount of time happened to be those people people, yeah so it's so (laughs) funny to hear you talk like this now because it's so true yeah and um just to like have that understanding I think is so it's so true there are days where you you can't do it Mm -hmm. um and I tend to attempt to power through most of them um, because that's who I, that's, that's who, who I, I am. am. I, I like to, <laughs> right. I like to show up. I mm-hmm. like to do these things. And usually I feel better after I do them too. Yeah, no, it, is, it does fuel me. Like, yeah. this is what I love to do. So I like to show up. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, that, that feeling of like, can I make it through this is for me, it's like almost 24 seven. Yeah. It's, it's pretty much every day I'm making the decision of like, how much can am I, I do today? To, yep. Um, mm-hmm. And making those, I, I like to write it out, and I like to make lists, and yeah. it's recognizing, like, hey, I can't do this thing today, so I'm mm-hmm. going to move it to tomorrow's yeah. list, and then I'm going to get these things done today, so I still feel productive. Yes. Um, so constantly managing that and recognizing where are my levels at, because yeah. um, I, I feel like I don't I don't wake up with 100% energy, mm-hmm. like, my levels don't start at 100, like a lot of other people <laughs> yeah, do. Yeah, um, <laughs> And so being like, what? what's my 100 today? Like Mm -hmm. how far can we go today? So if you can get 50%, that is your 100% for the day. And like, that is something that I had to learn too, because it's like, you really can't compare the levels of what you're able to give to anybody else. You really have to be intuitive and listen to your body and understand. Allowed me to do so much. Correct. Yeah. Because like I was saying Mm -hmm. before, it's like, yeah, technically I still have this tumor and I'm still going through it, but I am so much better than Mm -hmm. I was when I was diagnosed. And it's because I learned so much about myself and I learned so much about healing, you know, mm-hmm. I, you know, eating right and taking my vitamins mm-hmm. and everything like that. And just recognizing those little things that I can do to make my body, my 100 yep. higher each yeah. day mm-hmm. and not drain myself mm-hmm. through circumstances. It has, it has changed my life mm-hmm. and it, it's probably made me probably healthier bef- than the, yeah, before than all before. of this started. Yeah. So I'm very thankful for it as yeah. hard as that kind of journey of learning mm-hmm. myself was I'm so glad that I am so in tune with my body and right. what it needs now mm-hmm. um 
because I think as I move forward in this career, it is a it's very demanding so thing. It's so important. Yeah. Um, so if no, you're not yeah. on top of that, I think any actor, or actor <laughs> get on top anybody of that listening, first. get on top of the health yeah. and recognizing your body first. Mm-hmm. Because when you're working those 24 hours, like days, you have to know how what helps you. Yeah. You have to know, hey, I'm going to go read by myself for a bit. Mm-hmm. Hey, I'm going to put my headphones in. Hey, I need to take a 10 minute nap. Hey, yep. I need to eat now. Some people don't like to sleep. Some people like to. Mm-hmm. Recognizing those things in yourself when you're in these like high adrenaline environments is so important. Otherwise, you're going to yeah. crash. Yeah. And if this is what you need to do till the day you die, which I think is how mm-hmm. a lot of us feel, yeah. you can't afford to be crashing. Nope. So <laughs> I think yeah. that inner recognition and that inner studying and that learning yourself um, is really helpful in this yeah. career in general, yeah. whether you're sick or 1, not. 1,000%. I agree. I agree. I agree. Like, ooh, just, <laughs> I, I can only imagine, like, I don't know, even now shifting into starting to create content again, getting back on the podcast, like, I also want to throw myself into YouTube and this and this and this. It's like, now we're doing it in a way that feels more authentic to me and I know what I can handle and what I can't handle. Mm-hmm. And honestly, a lot of it is a mental battle. Like, it is. And like, I also didn't realize that, like how much of the mentality that you have to have that like, that is able to move you forward in your healing journey. Like you have to remind yourself of so many things because like the place that I'm in now, it can be compared to where I was even three or four months ago, but I feel mentally so much more different. So my body is showing up differently. Like yesterday I was able to do a whole like photo shoot for TSW Mm -hmm. and I'm like, I would not have been able to do that three or four months ago and like feeling the same way and feeling like awful, you know what I'm saying? And it's like, so, so much of it is also just like mentally trying to stabilize yourself and being like, what, what are the things that I need? So it's like, for me, I started coloring, which was so fun. I started coloring (laughs) back home when I was healing back in Charlotte and like even something as simple as that was able to like give my hands something to do and like mentally like I can just listen to music or a podcast and not feel like I wasn't doing anything because to me I couldn't just listen to music or podcast because I'm like I'm not doing anything I'm just sitting still so what can I do that's that's not stress inducing (laughs) no that do 10 things yeah Yeah. exactly so I was like well coloring is like the one thing that I can do so yeah just like finding those things like has very like helped my healing journey so so much finding all of those things takes self-discovery and it takes time like you said it takes a lot of time and like we're not perfect we still don't know like we're still trying to figure out the adjusting it's a never-ending healing journey that like you're going on and you just got to be okay with knowing that like it's going to take a while it takes time it might take forever who Mm -hmm. knows let's talk about all the advocacy side (laughs) of things um let's go for it go for it miss grace yeah i think for me after going through the diagnosis mm-hmm. process and living in the community for a while, I, I was diagnosed in a time that was really, really dark yeah. for the community. Um, it was at the time when brain cancer had just been declared the most prevalent form of childhood cancer and the deadliest form of childhood cancer, yeah. um, which was a new phenomenon because it, it used to be like a very small percentage mm-hmm. of it. Um, but as trials and new medications were developed for other types of cancers uh brain tumors kind of slipped through the cracks because it was really hard to treat Mm. um so i came into a world that was not a happy one at the time Mm -hmm. um it was you know talking to parents on the phone every day who were losing their kids and it was just like it wasn't a place that lended itself to hopeful advocacy like you it didn't really Mm. feel like much could could change um seven years into my journey now I am happy to say that I live in a totally different community mm-hmm. and world. Um, for the first time, we're seeing like real hope. There's yeah. like, there's trials happening right now that are actually reducing tumors for like the first time, Woo! and like, yeah, Yay! like coming into this new 
energy and environment is just so exciting. And for me, I always felt this really big responsibility because when I was diagnosed, mm-hmm. I was I was put into like a group of like 30 kids who had tumors in the same area of the brain as mine. Mm-hmm. And I found out about a year into my journey that I, I was the only one left mm-hmm. out of that, of, out of those 30 kids. And to me, that just felt like I like, I had a you voice for, I, ha- yeah. I had to say something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and so that turned into a lot of advocacy work with mm-hmm. different foundations in the space. And then uh, I had the opportunity a couple years later to come on to a bill that mm-hmm. was specific to the brain tumor community. And it was raising advocacy for a specific type of brain tumor called DIPG, which mm-hmm. is a tumor in the same area of the brain mm-hmm. as mine. Um, and it's very it's bad it's yeah. like a one percent survival rate it's not it's mm-hmm. not great um and through that i made a lot of friends with that tumor mm-hmm. and i just felt a huge responsibility to carry on their legacy and to continue fighting on their behalf yeah um so that led me to going to washington dc a lot yes. um, oh my goodness and i started working on a, a bunch of different pieces of legislation that were towards the cancer community mm-hmm. and pediatric health care in general I think a lot of young people don't feel good, um, mm. and it's not really something that's focused on very much. Mm. Uh, there's, you know, I don't know the exact stat, but there's no medications created for like pediatric tumors. Mm. It was all adult medication that was like pushed down to kids Interesting. for brain tumors, yeah. and for me that just didn't make any sense. Yeah, no. <laughs> um, I was like, but kids are a different, you know, yeah, right. character mm-hmm. than right. adults. Mm-hmm. And young people feel, you know, we're go- our bodies are going through mm-hmm. a lot. Um, You're growing, like, growing, rapidly, yeah. Yes. And so finding this kind of, like, voice in this place where I felt like I could actually make a difference. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm, I'm, science is not my thing. Yeah. Um, a lot of my friends work in, like, labs in Switzerland, and they're awesome. Yeah. And they're, like, working on our friends. You're like, like I'll do the talking part of this, the like, social part talk. of this. Um, so I, I go to D.C. very frequently, and I, I work on a bunch of these different pieces of legislation. Mm-hmm. Um, one of them is HOS 404, which would uh, designate a specific day towards DIPG awareness mm-hmm. and brain tumor awareness, which would then allow for national knowledge yes. um yeah. and then another one is the gabriella miller kids first 2.0 mm-hmm. version um they are an amazing family who lost their daughter gabriella yeah. to dipg and that program has been at the nih now um, for almost 10 years and it's raised wow. over 126 million dollars for Holy pediatric research wow yeah so we're we're fighting to get the second version of the bill mm-hmm. which would never end um yeah. which is really exciting yeah um so just like kind of things in that space that could help lend this like future help that we're going to need going into this hopeful future Mm -hmm. um it's a really exciting time for medicine it's a really exciting time for the community um but through that advocacy in dc i got connected a lot with the people at the white house Mm -hmm. and they reignited the cancer moonshot initiative which is their main goal is to reduce cancer deaths Mm -hmm. in the future um and so this past year, I got picked as the chairwoman of a new program, which is called the the Teen Track. Come on, chairwoman. Um, and so basically, it was a week in D.C. where 50 survivors and siblings from all over the world got to come together Aww. for a week on Capitol Hill. And they got to, like, tour the labs where tissue was being, mm-hmm. you know, studied. And we had this roundtable conversation with the staff of the Cancer Moonshot Initiative mm-hmm. at the White House. And just to, like hear these kids thoughts and a lot of them are like a little bit younger than Mm -hmm. me and so it was really interesting to see them in their beginning of their journeys Mm -hmm. um talking to these white house staffers and just to hear like their concerns for our country and for (laughs) their futures was just they were all just like so smart and i was just like oh my gosh and a lot of them want to be in entertainment as well yeah so i think just like 
hearing these things that they thought for the future and hearing these things that it meant to be someone going through an illness and to be someone healing there a lot of them had concerns for education and their ability to get the help they needed or feeling you know that aspect of invisible illness Mm -hmm. a lot of the siblings you know they're like it was really hard for us at the time because our family was going through this illness and Mm -hmm. we were kind of like not getting the help we needed on the education side of things or Mm -hmm. at work or at school or wherever it was and so just to like know that these young people are so smart like everyone's it's so like it smart. gives you hope i think our generation is so cool because yeah. for the first time i think especially with social media we are reaching people from all over the world instead yeah. of just our communities That's and so, so cool. i think it's so much easier to find people who understand what we're going through right. and have been through things similar to us so i think it's really cool for our generation to like be able to expand to these yeah. communities all over that are interested in the things they're interested in yeah like i found jada on tiktok i like, know it's like it's like bl- even 40 it's years like ago now. like this would not have happened so it's like our worlds are all colliding these days and it's because of the presence of the internet it's ridiculous yeah. and wild and so cool to see but it's like even the tsw community that's online is like crazy like you think that like it's not a rare condition anymore there are so many people going through this and there's going to be a lot of change that needs to happen with that too because it's almost like this is like the period of TSW right now where it's like all the undiscovered stuff. Like everyone's like still trying to figure out what's going on. What are the best treatment options? Like there's not, we're trying to figure out how to navigate this world of all these people who are starting to go through it now. And there's going to be like, even in the next five years, I I can only imagine like all the change that's going to continue happening with this condition. So it's like, I also feel like this, almost this responsibility right now, right now, because it's like, it also stemmed from eczema. Like I previously had eczema and now it's TSW and it has nothing to do with eczema whatsoever like have to focus on tsw before we get back to like the eczema stuff (laughs) you know but it's like even now making people who have eczema aware of the facts of like what tsw is like what it can do what you know the dangers of it like it's it's really really scary and it's like i can't have more people go through this like that that's what i feel like you know Mm -hmm. you know and it's like if i can prevent that because this is a preventable illness it's like i want to prevent that so it's like yeah. i'm going to use my platform to show people my healing diaries yeah. and this and no, this I and think that's, <laughs> like I you think and i are the same it's like we're gonna do yeah. the social part the science stuff y'all can have it but like i think that's like what it's yeah. about it's just, it's about being an advocate for yourself and for the people around you and the things that you have to witness i mean mm. that, that that was why i did it is yeah. because I, I couldn't not say anything right uh-huh um, I and you. i just felt like that was a place that i really could make a difference was on capitol hill and right talking to members of you went all the way <laughs> she said i'm gonna go to the very top you know at capitol hill just, just chill just sharing my story and i think it's a lot of different forms you know i try to just share online authentically and I, right. you do that as well which mm-hmm. i think is really awesome and just being that advocate mm-hmm. and when you're outspoken about things it allows other people to recognize it, it as does. well yeah. and, and you know i've heard so many stories in the brain tumor community and in the cancer community in general it's like oh well we heard this story of somebody else and it seemed really similar to mm-hmm. our story and then we checked it out and it was the same type of tumor yeah. or whatever and so i think being that advocate and being vocal about it and sharing as much as you're comfortable sharing yeah, right. i think is so important mm-hmm. and there's so many different ways to do that it doesn't have yeah to these days are so like, many there's yeah just, there's so many ways to mm-hmm. do it and being that advocate i think is a really great place to start and th- that works in the entertainment industry too yeah, you know be- speaking about the things that you want to do mm-hmm. that's why i think tiktok's so awesome yeah. just like talking about these things mm-hmm. is so great because yeah. most of the time people do want to help yeah uh, <laughs> no truly like i oh my gosh yeah. i see so many like random videos of like it could be a kid who was like selling lemonade or something and someone's like oh my god where's this kid like base like we want to go send him stuff like all this yes. stuff like just the smallest People things like help. it's yeah. bringing like it's it's making me see the good in humanity again like yes there are always negative sides of the internet what whatever but it's like 
truly, I do think it's what you choose to focus on. There's always going to be bad sides of everything. And it's like, I definitely felt, feel like I had a very unhealthy form of social media, like connection. Like it just felt, it just felt inauthentic, you know, at certain points. And like now moving forward, it's like, I know what I want to do. I know the people that I want to connect with. I know the change that I want to invoke. So it's like, what are the steps that I'm going to take on my end that I know can can make those yeah. results? You know, write those steps down. That's yeah, like no, that's advice. Yes, write okay. It down. Is that is this the adulting tip? Oh gosh, <laughs> that sounds like that's the adulting tip. Do you want to get into the adult? Sure. Tip? Top adulting tip. Well, Grace, okay, go. so yeah, that's part one. Yeah, write it down. I think that's so important. My mom even, Writing my mom so found important. like a notebook, and she didn't. She's from South Dakota, so she mm-hmm. it was like L.A. That's so far away. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> And we found a notebook in our apartment in L.A. when I was here. She was visiting and we were digging through all these things. And there was a notebook of hers from, like, the 90s that oh said, goodness. like, live in Beverly Hills. Shut and up. And we were, like, so we looked cool. outside and she's like, I do You're not here. remember writing this. And I was like, well, file them in Beverly Hills mm-hmm. now. So, yeah. yeah, I think it's just writing it down so you remember. So you know. I think yeah. it's like we always think we'll remember our goals or our plans Our brains forever. are not reliable. <laughs> no, write it down, yeah. guys. Yeah. Um, write it down and make maps of things too mm. it's like okay so i want this and then kind of like narrow Piecing it down the so then like where's yeah. this what can i do today okay what can i do in six in months week. what yeah. can i do mm-hmm. in a year what can yeah. i you know having those actionable steps that you can take because mm-hmm. i think it's really hard in illness mm-hmm. and in yes. this industry i <laughs> yes. know we're both in both of those <laughs> double whammy it's, it's hard to feel in control sometimes because yeah. a lot of it relies on other people it yeah. relies on like illnesses are kind of outside of your control yep, yeah. which is a hard thing to learn mm-hmm, yeah. um but writing it down and being like what are these things that i can actually yeah. go out and do mm-hmm. okay well i want to be an actor well okay what can i do today well i can read a script and i can make a short of myself yep. okay i want to be a director well i can study somebody else's mm-hmm. directing that i yep. like today so it's like making those actionable steps for yourself okay well i'm builds. sick today yeah. okay well what can i do if i'm sick I can get up and make a smoothie, Breakfast, possibly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, well then today your goal is to make a smoothie. Like, yeah. I think having those actionable steps and writing them out allows you to get like 1% better each day. Yes, which is atomic habits. As long, <laughs> yep, as long as we're going up. It's like, yeah, good. no, that's all it is. So. It's just these small little habits. And I think it's so hard to see in hindsight that like these things can turn into bigger things in the future because yeah. we're, we're, we live in a world of instant gratification. Like we're ready to post the next thing and get millions of likes. Like it's, it's hard to see growth like like you said as far as like making movies and stuff like it takes a long time and like and then you shoot you shoot the movie you do everything about it and then it comes out in like a year so it's like you're waiting it's a waiting game it's like yeah yeah like did i even do that (laughs) yeah and then my other adulting tip is everything starts 15 minutes before you actually think it starts yeah so that's my nice if you're late you're if you're late you're on no if you're you're early you're on, if you're late, if, if you're, you're on time, time you're, you're late. late. If you're early, you're on time. You're on time. Fifteen minutes before. Yes. And in LA, that means you leave an hour before anything starts. <laughs> yeah, Doesn't matter if it's just twenty minutes or not. You yeah, leave an hour just before. go, just go, just go. But I've learned that. Yeah. Oh my gosh, this is such a wonderful episode. I'm sure Thanks it's going to inspire me. so many people. I'm so glad to have had you. Go ahead and shout out your where they can find you. Oh, it's just Grace Weather, but it's spelled W E T H O R. Yeah, amazing. Yeah. I love you so much. Thanks, Miss Jada. Oh this my gosh, fun. I love it. I love you guys so much. Thanks for listening to this episode, and I will talk to you guys in a future episode. Bye. Bye. <laughs>